Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We exist to be a community that seeks God and serves people. We're so glad that you've joined us today, and now let's get back to the podcast. Well, good morning. It is good to see you all here with us again. We have a very interesting passage this morning, um, especially in light of what is going on in the world. And this is kind of an unusual message because what I'm going to do is just focus on three words, or sorry, four words, work with your hands. Um, It's going to sound a little controversial because right now um, there's a lot of unemployment in our world, uh, in our country, in our city, and... The question really is, what in the world is Paul talking about? Oftentimes, you know, when you're in a good place, sometimes you come to read one of Paul's letters and you're like, oh, Paul, you just get me, man. You get it. And then there's other days you come to Paul and you're like, you're kind of a jerk, Paul. Like, it just depends on how you come to Paul because sometimes he's extremely encouraging. Sometimes he's extremely off-putting. So this work with your hands passage honestly can make him sound extremely insensitive. Even in normal circumstances, there is still a reality of not being able to find work. But it's like exponentially increased right now because of the pandemic. So why are we looking at this passage? Uh, There's two reasons. One, I have the conviction that we read scripture, we let it teach us, uh, rather than us just trying to select uh, passages that we think we need to deal with. I think it's best that we come to these things head on and ask God to transform us more into the image of Jesus. The other reason is, I think there is something to be spoken about today that is not just about having employment. I think work with your hands goes a little bit deeper than that. So what I want to do, first of all, is kind of give you the backdrop for what is happening here. This idea of work with your hands um, that Paul is mentioning, he says he wants the Thessalonians to lead a quiet life, attend to your own business, work with your hands as we commanded you. Work with your hands as we commanded you. This was a big deal to them, to Paul and his associates. In this way, you will live a decent life before outsiders and not be in need. So first things first, I want to just establish this right off the bat. This is not dealing with 21st century unemployment. Uh, This is really not what this passage is about. Let me give you the backdrop for what is happening here. Uh, What I'm about to tell you, I'm indebted to one of my former professors, Dr. John Weatherly, uh, for teaching me about this. He has a commentary on 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. If you want to dig deeper, that's a great place to start. But here is what is going on here. Thessalonica was a city where people, you know, there was no such thing really as labor that was not physical in the ancient world. If you were a rich, elite person, you would be very, you would be so well off that you could not have to do manual labor. But the vast majority of people in the ancient world did manual labor. So what Paul is saying here, pretty much everybody worked with their hands. So what's really going on here is that you had people that would be either, you know, skilled artisans, uh, people that could build things, like, that would be sort of your upper class, not quite elite, but definitely upper class. Then you had your everyday person, uh, probably like me, probably like you, 
that, you know, you would just go to the docks to find work, and then you would get your money that way. But what happened when you went to the docks and you couldn't find work? That becomes the real question, and I think that is what Paul is addressing here. What would happen is there was this client and patron system that existed in Thessalonica, and what happened was that if you could not find work at the dock, you would go find a rich person, and you would ask them for a denarius for the day, a day's wages. They would give it to you, and then you would go and tout their excellence to the city. You would go tell them about how awesome this person was because they gave you a denarius. But here's the thing. You can see right away where this kind of system gets exploited very quickly. What, what seems to be going on here is this, that Paul was addressing something that maybe people were exploiting the generosity of Christians uh, they were using this opportunity to not, they, they might have found a loophole. Like, who cares if there's work at the docks? I can just go ask this wealth, well-off person, this wealthy person for a denarius, a day's wages. Yeah, I'll go brag about them in the city, sure, no problem. But you can see almost right away where if you have a Christian who cares about the poor, who cares about people who are not as well-off as them, like, what's mine is yours kind of mentality you can see that somebody would say, well, forget work. I can just go and be with this person and tout their fame in the city. It seems that Paul is addressing this type of situation. There's opportunities sometimes for some of these folks to get work, but maybe there's the off chance that they left that and said, you know what, I'm going to go talk to this, this person they have a lot of money. They want to give me a denarius for the day. I'm going to go tell the city how awesome they are. But even deeper than this, I think this is where we really start to hit home for our day and for our time. Work with your hands so that you will live a decent life before outsiders. To live a decent life before outsiders means that we don't take advantage of others. This isn't just about employment or unemployment, finding work or not finding work. The gist of what Paul is saying here is don't take advantage of others. Whether you're wealthy, whether you're not. Whether you're educated or whether you are skilled in the trades. Whether you're somewhere in between, it doesn't matter. Don't take advantage of other people. Christians do not do that, is what Paul is saying. But even a step beyond that, I think to work with your hands and to not be dependent on the outsider, to, to show them that Jesus is actually doing something in their life, is to say, yeah, I'm going to work with my hands because I'm not just going to go and try and be one of these Greek philosophers that has all these theories about life but has no experience in the lives of other people. Does that make sense? There were Greek philosophers. You know, you have your Plato. You have all these other folks that had these theories about life that were totally disconnected from the life 
of everyday people, their neighbors. So to work with your hands is to not just be talking about theories. It is to be deeply involved in the lives of your neighbors. That's what Paul is after. Don't take advantage of people and be involved in the lives of those around you. That's what Paul wants. And what I really wanted to do, just in light of keeping this message at appropriate length, I wanted to tell you a story about someone I knew that did, that kind of had this conversion, so to speak. Someone who went from thinking about theories to diving into life situations that helped this person identify with others. So I know a guy who has a master's education, uh, went to uh, this school uh, not too far from here, and what he did is he studied and studied and he loved what he studied. Um, and it, it was a good fit for this guy. It was really good. You know, to be a student, to be increasing in academics, and just to consider what it meant to, you know, use your academics for good. Academics are a great thing. We have several educators in here. We have several students in here. Academics are wonderful. And this guy actually um, pursued an opportunity with his wife to go and serve this, uh, serve this traveling choir. He thought this would be a good opportunity for me to like put my academics to practice, serve this traveling choir, and it would be really good because you know, he'd get out and experience more of the world, you know, travel all around the United States and eventually to places internationally. And he and his wife were just married for about a year at this point. So, you know, they're trying to figure things out and understand each other, let alone what it means to work together, because this was a job for both of them. And what ended up happening was when they got into the role, it was kind of a passing of the torch situation. The people who were in the role were going to prime up these new people to be taking their place. Well, when this husband and wife got there, they discovered quickly that the people that were already in the role did not want to relinquish that role. A little awkward. You know, you get into this role, and all of a sudden you're not wanted in it. So, you know, he's feeling the tension of this, and feeling like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be serving these people and, you know, growing into this role, but I'm being prevented from doing that, and so is my wife. So, long and short of it is, after they had moved several cities away to do this, they, uh, <laughs> what happened was, they, they said, enough is enough. We just can't do this anymore. We can't be in a role that, we're not being fostered in, that we're being pushed out of. So they moved back home. And, you know, it really seemed to hit the bottom of the pail. It was, it was such a good thing, but it was such a hard thing. They moved in uh, with his mother, wife's mother-in-law. It, it was just, it was a hard situation. And there was this strong desire to figure out why this guy had to all of a sudden go from being somebody who had a master's degree and had this excellent job opportunity just to have it all swept away. 
And then this passage came up as he was seeking jobs and his wife was seeking jobs. She wasn't coming up with anything. He wasn't coming up with much. And this passage came along. And Paul says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to love each other more and more, to lead a quiet life, to attend to your own business, and to work with your hands as we commanded you. You see, he was looking for jobs, maybe to go into a school and teach, maybe to do adjunct work at a university, and nothing was turning up. And then the church they were attending was looking for a janitor. They were looking for someone to, because uh, this church had a coffee shop attached to it as well, they were looking for someone to keep the place spick and span, nice and clean, clean the bathrooms, clean the sanctuary of the church, to do it all. And in that moment, he realized that he was not above such work. In fact, there was this desire that rose up in him to actually do that. To go from like wanting to teach and do academic things and then to say, you know what? He wanted to be a janitor. Like, not just like, I have to be a janitor, but I kind of want to be a janitor, is what he said. Do you know what he discovered? He discovered that he could empathize much better with the people of that church who did not have high academic jobs. He discovered that he could, he, he could be doing ministry in that moment because who was present in the church at multiple hours throughout the day? Not always the pastor. Not always the pastoral staff. It was the janitor who was there. Who had a chance to like be around people often and even offer to pray with them? Of course the pastors did, but sometimes the, the janitor had new opportunities just because he was working with his hands getting down on the ground, scrubbing floors, cleaning toilets, getting the place looking nice, and the occasional maintenance. He was the one that was able to be there and be present. What I don't want you to hear is that academic work is bad. It's necessary, it's good, but it's not everything. Working with your hands really can present new opportunities. And I remember that he discovered that this was the best job he had to date. And friends, I just want to tell you, it is the best job that I have had to date. It changed my life to work with my hands. But here's what I want you to hear this morning, and here's what I don't want you to hear this morning. What I do want you to hear is that working with your hands is a beautiful thing. Doing things for others is Jesus-like. Physical, tangible things. Doing those things is very much like our Lord and Savior. The same one who 
though he had all authority in heaven and on earth, he got down and washed his disciples' feet. Same one. But what I don't want you to hear is that you have to go out and be a janitor. You have to go out and be, you know, an electrician. I don't need you to hear that. All I want you to hear is just my own experience, which went from, like, I'm going to go, like, into the academic world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock it out of the park. And then it felt like I struck out. But the home run came when I was able to work with my hands. And trust me, like, people did not understand, like, like, is that the only job you could find? It's like, no, it was the best job I could find at the moment. Thank you very much. Seriously, it was the best job. But I want to encourage you, not in matters of employment, I want to encourage you in what you do to serve others. You don't have to be paid to do something well with your hands. Do you like to bake? Seriously, bring something to one of your neighbors. Leave it outside, you know, wear your mask. Just be kind and courteous, but leave it maybe on their doorstep. Do you love to help others with yard work? I know someone in this church who does, who volunteered to help me with a big project. Bless him. Thank you, Gene. I have some yard work coming ahead of me, and I know he loves to do that. That's a Jesus-like thing to do because I don't know what I'm doing. Think, what can I do in God's physical world to bless somebody else? Words are great, but man, let me tell you, the gift of giving something to somebody that is the work of your own hands. Do it. I encourage you, I exhort you to use whatever gifts God has given you and to go and do it. Go and do it to your fellow central member. Go and share that with your next door neighbor. Jesus wants us to be the kind of people who not just like brag about like low unemployment rates. Like that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is it is good to work with your hands. It's good to do something tangible and physical and to not take advantage of others. But instead of taking advantage of others or looking for an angle to preserve ourselves, we actually get to empty ourselves and share that goodness with somebody else. Because God made this physical world and he said it was very good. He made us and he said we are very good. So why not use what God has given us and bless somebody else. But more than this, I just want to transition here. We're going to actually sing a song together, um, but more importantly, I want you to just look at the lyrics as we do this. I want you to consider what hands can actually do. Uh, we have a really cool song coming up here that I want you to hear and maybe just listen to and just use this as a time of prayer but I want you to hear what hands can actually do. The hands of Jesus. So as we transition, what I want to do is say two more things. One, it's been a weird time. Most of us have felt alone at some point, have felt lonely or isolated. 
And a lot of us might be going through stuff, whether it is dealing with finances, whether it is dealing with the pain of sickness, whatever it might be. If you need prayer, I want to offer in this moment as we start this song, uh, I think we're going to have a couple people, I think David and Gene, that are going to be standing outside. Um, If you need prayer and you're comfortable with that, this will stay in line with our COVID regulations, please step outside and pray with them. They would love to pray with you. They would love the opportunity to invite God's Spirit into whatever is going on in your life. So I just invite you to come and do that. But I also invite you, if you've never known the goodness of Jesus, let's talk. If this is the first time that you have experienced something that reminds you of what the good life can actually be, I just want to tell you about Jesus. Come and talk to me after this. And if you want to reaffirm some of those things and you have questions about that, I'm here for you. The elders are here for you. So with that, I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're gonna to listen to this song, and we're going to watch how the Spirit moves in and through us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for the hands that heal, the hands that gave themselves for the whole world, but the work that we can also do. We see the scarborn hands of Jesus, and we remind ourselves that we can also use our hands to build your kingdom. So we don't shy away from what you're doing in us. In fact, we ask that you would hear our prayers this morning, and that you would make our hands instruments of peace, that we would be able to build for your kingdom, for your glory now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.